to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverages products go to market in Oregon. Our vision is to inspire, mentor, support, and assist local producers reach their fullest potential. For over 40 years, Market of Choice has been supporting local farmers, ranchers, fisher folks, and entrepreneurs. We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we are proud to offer 7,000 local products in our stores and that the majority of our purchases support our local regional food system. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Massoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Have, have you had a good week this week? Are you working on any fun projects? Oh, I think people are starting to like get ready to get out of this isolation mode. And literally yesterday, I spent eight hours on Zoom calls. Oh, with yeah. People. That's like um, a new way of working for everybody know. <laughs> so I'm the one on the phone going okay guys time to go yeah there's stuff to do but <laughs> I um I actually there's a dairy a little small creamery dairy where they milk the cows it goes into their creamery and they bottle milk it's called sunrise dairy and yesterday I was on the phone helping them figure out how to make a marionberry milk or boysenberry I can't remember which one of the berries um, we got the berries from Oregon Fruit Products in Salem, um, so we had to make a little bit of a sugar and berry slurry and then figure out how to put it into the milk and pasteurize it and blend it and do all these things. Um, and I'll have another call with them this afternoon, uh, get a look at the uh, product and see how it tastes the next day. Is it all hard for you to adapt to that? Because normally you would do all that like in the lab at the Food Innovation Center, but are you able to do it over the phone? Like, how do you get the products to taste them after they make them? Well, yesterday uh, we have a meeting next Thursday with a gentleman who's starting up a new food company. And yesterday he stopped by the house and left the product on my porch to taste. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to do it. I've been yeah. doing a lot of, of porch drops and things yeah. too with people. And, yeah, today I'm getting some seaweed from Alaska. <laughs> so they want us to taste the seaweed before they move forward with their annual production, just to make yeah. sure that the way they're doing it still tastes good. 
So Well, I'm glad that you're adapting to these new times and you can still work and you can still help people with their food journeys. Because I think yes. sometimes people think maybe everybody's just shut down or not doing oh, things, man. but you guys are still at it. We're working so hard. People yeah. are really, really excited about their new food products they're uh, going to be launching. That's good. I'm glad people... Um, are still working and striving towards the future. I feel like in times when, when none of us really know what's going on, it helps to be able to think about having a new product to bring to market or having other products that are going to come out later. And um, I think it kind of gives people hope. <laughs> yes, exactly. As long as you have stuff planned in the future, you'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's a good, good thought and way to be. Um, we're glad everyone joined us live today. We're honoring our social distancing and calling in for the show. Since we're a live radio show, we wanted to bring um, tips and love and support for everybody. And we have a special guest on the line, but we wanted to bring you a little bit of food news today. So as we're talking about innovation and pivoting and local entrepreneurs, we have a lot of food friends this week that are our restaurant buddies that are um, reopening in a new way. And yeah. so a, a lot of those um, openings start this weekend. So I just wanted to mention a couple, um, Atala, uh, which they do Spanish tapas food in Northwest. They're um, doing some to-go orders and some pantry staples. And um, Maurice is opening this week. And they're doing some pantry staples and then farm boxes from our local farm friends at the farmer's market. Um, and then Smokehouse Tavern is opening as well. So those are all restaurants that have been closed, but they're opening this weekend. So if um, you are local and looking for something to eat or farms and restaurants to support, those are three places that you can go to this weekend that have been closed for a while. So it really yeah. helps those hey. restaurants. I got one, too. Yeah. What do you have, Sarah? Uh, Ned Ludd, Jason French. He has a pantry. I, w I was looking at his menu last night, and I figured out I could order one of everything on the menu for less than $200. Cool. I didn't know that he was um, opening something back up, so that's great. Yeah. So if I did that, though, that would mean I had to clean out my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to overdo it, but it's like a hard it's a hard balance to know what I know. you can do. <laughs> if you are a food entrepreneur, you have a press release for us, or if you're doing something new in these times, please let us know. You can do that at startupradionetwork.com and we'll help um, spread the word about what you're doing and try to bring some business to you. Um, we are joined by Zoom today with a special guest. I would like to introduce Nafi Flatley. She is the owner of Tarango Foods based out of San Francisco. Hi, Nafi. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy to be uh, joining you guys as well. Uh, so that our listeners can find you, can you um, tell us your social media handles so they can uh, look you up and follow along on your journey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, the social media that I usually use more often because that's the one that actually talks about all the activities that Teranga does is um, Teranga Life. Teranga Life, so T-E-R-A-N-G-A and Life, L-I-F-E. 
Perfect. So people can find you and we'll tag you on our um, social media as well. If people go to our Instagram, um, they can find you on there right now. And can you tell us what Taranga means? Yeah, Taranga is uh, actually a Senegalese word, which is uh, from West Africa. Taranga means hospitality, friendship. It's from Wolof, which is the uh, Senegalese uh, uh, official, actually, national, I should say, the, 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 the original language there. That's what people speak the, the most in Senegal. They have different dialects, but one of is the, uh, the national language. So it means hospitality, friendship, camaraderie. It's um, the way that the Senegalese people live their life on a daily basis. It's like how you treat your neighbors, how you, you treat your uh, your family, your friends, yourself. Um, uh, there is this thing called uh, la teranga senegalaise, which is in French, which is which means um, Senegalese hospitality. So, like when someone comes to your home, um, you don't want to give them a newspaper to eat when they get to your home during lunchtime. So, if they get there and it's lunchtime, you invite them. They sit with you. They eat whatever is there. If you eat cook for only two people, you're going to have to eat for three people this time because you have a guest that got there during lunchtime. So it's just this way that, you know, you treat yourself, you treat other people, you treat, um, you know, the community where you live in pretty much. Yeah. That's well, very um, nice. yeah, it is so nice. And we actually, Sarah and I met you because we were, you were talking about neighbors and we weren't your neighbor in the home sense, but we were your neighbor at the fancy food show. That's and that's right. How, we were. Yeah. And that's how we met. And I do feel like you, um, your presence at your booth is very much all of those things that you were just saying, because you invite people in to try your stuff. You give samples to everyone. You're so warm and inviting. So I think you're definitely following along on what that mission is of, you, of what your brand means to you. And since we were supposed to originally do this call kind of as all of the, um, you know, the shutdown and everything was starting to happen. I think we rescheduled because all of a sudden your kids were home and not, not at school. And, yes. um, and I've noticed that you've kind of um, pivoted a little bit, kind of like what we were talking about with these restaurants, doing some different things. Do you want to talk about some of those changes in your business since last time we saw you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, since the uh, shelter in place uh, took place uh, for food businesses, things have been really, really hard um, to stay afloat. And especially for the packaged food that we do, we make juices and energy bars. And those, you tend to just, you know, check on the stores or they email you, tell you that the stock is low, can you deliver? But since the sheltering started, things have shifted and changed. And people's mentality and people's uh, mindset have changed um, a lot more into more pantry food. So it's easier for them to keep at home and uh, cook, uh, you know, a lot of beans or a lot of rice. And thinking about getting um, juice is something that is like, you know, on the bottom of their list usually. So what I've started to do is to tell people that actually those juices is almost like a meal. You know, if you drink them, you can have two or three Zoom without worrying about getting anything else to eat. Or if you take the energy bars, if you eat the energy bars, it will be kind of like 
a really good delicious meal that you can have and you don't have to worry about preparing a meal right away or every um, two, three times uh, during the day. So I had to actually start educating people, telling people a little bit, bit more about the, juice, the products that we already had. So it pushes cells a little bit more. People think about it in a, a, a slightly different way. And um, because that was not enough, the length of time that people stay on, on the line getting into grocery stores got longer and longer. I guess sometimes when you go in, you're like, okay, I'm not going to be in this store for a long time. Let me just grab the sugar I need, the, the beans I need, the rice I need, the vegetables I need, and then I'm out of here. I'm not even going to go in the juice aisle or I'm not even going to go to the, uh, the snack aisle. I'm not getting any snack. I'm just going to get something that if I make it right now, it will last me for a couple of days or at least for for a day so I don't have to go back in the store over and over. So I started thinking also on my own, uh, you know, as a business owner, how do I, you know, uh, keep people remembering me as a business because, you know, the sheltering has been around for a couple of weeks now. I even stopped counting <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we started going into the second week. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm not going to count anymore. I don't even know if today is Saturday or Sunday or if today is Wednesday. You know, I started realizing that, you know, just uh, keeping the business with those two uh, different products that we've been working very, very hard into promoting and talking to people about is not sufficient. So I kind of pivoted a little bit and started making meals um, using African contemporary meals that are influenced, uh, which, well, with uh, California at the same time as uh, where I grew up in Senegal and so mix those flavors and then go in the supermarket see okay what's available and so I go and I said oh they have uh, um, what greens do they have if it's only let's say uh, sour sour leaves I'm going to try to be creative and figure out what meal did I have when I was in Senegal that cooked or added um, you know sour greens or uh, curry which, which is spices that you know almost never expire, kind of, that those yeah. country food. And so, so I started really thinking about what are the meals I can do on a weekly basis that people can, can, can purchase and enjoy at home and, and make them different every week. So I don't offer the same thing every week. It's every week is a different meal because, you know, when we go to the farmer's market, because we also still try to support the farmer's market, uh, farmers and also support the grocery store that have been supporting us, you know, since we started the business, go in the stores and see what have they displayed that they, they would like people to know about. And, and I become creative with that. So that's how all of these meals that I'm making on a weekly basis actually come to, to, to realize. And, uh, and, and and I just say, oh, today I'm going to make Senegalese curry because I saw something or someone talk about it in a room. Or, or I, when I went to the store, I saw uh, that... Uh, they had curry displays right in front of my eye. And so do people pick up those meals from you or do you deliver them? Do they come get them from your kitchen? How does it work? Yeah, we do, we do uh, both. Uh, We deliver, we do home deliveries and we also have people come in, uh, pick up from the kitchen as well. Oh, cool. I have a question. Um, Nafi, you and I were talking before we got on the air about how different it was when you were trying to deliver foods to the grocery store. And 
I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about how San Francisco's been operating because a lot of us are up in Oregon and we've been doing things a little differently too, but it's interesting to hear regionally what's going on. So you had mentioned standing in line to deliver your food. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning of the sheltering, like in the first two, three weeks, um, everybody was just trying to stay alive and figure out what needs to be done, how they need to keep operating while uh, practicing social distance. And so we had few uh, hiccups in some of the stores where uh, you had to stay online and stand online like everybody else, even if you wanted to go deliver food, or your products, or if you wanted to check for inventory. But then uh, during the, when as things progressed and then as they started thinking that, okay, this is going to go much longer and they start coming with different protocols. And now for, for, for uh, vendors, you just, you you come in and tell the person, I'm a vendor, um, I'm here to check on the inventory, or I'm here to deliver. Well, they'll see you have your product if you are delivering, which is obvious. But if you are coming to deliver, I mean, to, to actually check on inventory, they don't know if you are just saying that so you can go in ahead of the line, <laughs> so you can uh, you can go shopping. But, uh, you know, they changed the protocol, so they made it a little bit easier. So when you go in and you tell them that actually you are here to deliver or you are here to check on inventory, they'll give you priority or some stores will give you a number. Uh, other stores uh, will, will just let you go in, no problem. But the, the first few weeks were really hard, and those first few weeks were the most challenging time during yes. the, uh, the sheltering. Mm-hmm. How many stores are you in in the San Francisco area? Well, they've gone down tremendously because a lot of a lot of the I, I mean a lot of specialty stores and coffee shops and some coffee shops just shut off completely. They don't want to even do the picking up and drop in. Some specialty store just decided also to completely shut off. I even have uh, one market in the Ferry Plaza, uh, Farm Fresh to You, they permanently also close. So things have reduced a lot. I'm doing more into the bigger grocery stores that are went down to up to like 15. So those are the only ones that we are uh, delivering right now. And they came up with different protocols, different ways of supporting the uh, the, the, the vendors to, to, to make it easier so they can have their shelves still stocked uh, uh, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So we talked about the name of your juice, but we didn't talk about the fruit that it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about the, is it baobab? Baobab? Fruit? Baobab. Baobab. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's all ba- the A's are ah, uh, like in French, ah. Uh, ah, uh, baobab. Uh, Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys <can> say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 baobab grows in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, so it's from Sub-Saharan Africa all the way down to Madagascar, and also in West Australia. So that's all those different regions that you can find baobab. I was also told uh, by someone that I met at, at a farmer's market that it also uh, also grows in India. And mm. so um, I've actually even done a, a Google um, search and I actually did uh, find one in a big city in India somewhere. Um, so baobab is, it is really beautiful tree. I don't know if uh, 
if people have seen it, but if you Google Baobab, this is this big, beautiful, huge, I mean, tree that's like three, four, five stories. Uh, the trunk, you can have 30 people stretch their hands and they will still, and then they can go around it. And uh, it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, the oldest one is 6,000 years and it's in Kenya. Oh, and, uh, the, yes. The average life is between fifteen hundred to three thousand. Most of the the ones that are in Senegal, I guess, all the way down to some other parts of Africa down south, they have an average life of uh, fifteen hundred to three thousand years. So they've been around before even we were here. So it's like uh, uh, this ancient, super ancient tree that's called the. Uh, uh, the the king or the queen, since we are talking with women today, we're gonna say the queen of all the queen. <laughs> if it was old man, old man uh podcast we're gonna own we're gonna own the baobab. I keep, uh, I keep promoting it as the queen of all the superfoods. So it's <laughs> nutrients and antioxidants, fibers, electrolytes. It's really the superfood that I think mm. everybody should definitely add to their diet. And, you know, the nice thing about it is it doesn't alter flavors. It actually adds more nutrients and more, 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 more punch to what you're eating if you add it to it. So mm. I add it to juices. I add it to savory food. I add it to baked goods. I add it to like literally everything that I, that I, wow. that I eat. On a daily basis, and the reason why actually I do that, and I was introduced to baobab, is because I have sickle cell anemia. And growing up as a kid in Senegal, in Africa, um, it was very challenging for my mom raising three girls that all had sickle cell and anemia. And we have the trait; we don't have the disease, but we have the trait. But we still were having the same pains that someone who had the disease pretty much uh, go through, like all the uh, all the crises with like joint pains and feeling dizzy and just not feeling well into yourself during uh, uh, crisis time. And so uh, my mom just wanted to figure out ways that she could support us uh, so we can stay healthy. We were taking this medication that had so much side effects and I was one of those girls that will not go to school on a daily basis. I could not, just because when I, I will have crisis every other week or something like that. I couldn't even stand up straight. I'll be crawling up like a ball because I'm just having all these cramps. My body hurts. My back hurts. You know, having a six, eight-year-old having back pains and cramps and things like that is very scary for a mother. And so she just, you know, made it a goal for herself to go around and find out, you know, what what other alternative can she really use to support her three daughters? And so she talked to a doctor in the uh, French army at the time and said, uh, you know, my daughters are really, you know, not feeling uh, well. Uh, sometimes during the during the week, sometimes they can go on for two weeks, three weeks, and they don't have to worry about it. And the medication they take sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't. What are other alternatives? What are other things I could do to support them? Because, you know, education is key. Education is very important for me. I want them to be able to stay in school and and stay healthy as well. So the doctor recommended few listed few different African natural products that, that grew up in Senegal. 
and uh, Baobab was in the list. Moringa was in the list. Aganet and um, and some other local African products that I don't even know, uh, you know, how to translate the names or how how to. Uh, oh, I don't remember which one. Actually, the sour the sour um, the sour leaves I was talking about actually was one of them, as well. And so there were like a lot of different greens, a lot of different. Um, um, just powders or or nuts or or, or ingredients that he he listed. He said, "So go home, add it to their diet. Just just stop taking, stop giving them. Since he's the doctor, so he said, stop giving them the medication. Let's try this for a couple weeks and see what's going to happen." So all mothers are very creative when it comes to medication to give it specially to their kids. They'll do all they can to make sure that it it looks. It sounds a bit uh, very exciting. So she, she she came home and then the first thing she tried was the baobab because there's so much baobab in Senegal. The Senegal emblem, Senegal, everything is a baobab tree. Everything when you Google Senegal in the map, in the in the flag, in in in, in the government stamps, and everything has baobab. So we have a lot of baobab in Senegal, and also the village where she grew up and there was plenty of baobab all around. So she said, this is something I can access really easy and fast. So she started making, um, she made, the first thing she made was actually the, the, the Pura Vida, which is one of my juices, which is the baobab superfood drink. It's only baobab, plain, plain baobab with water. We all start like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. No, we don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because, <laughs> you know, she, she just, she just said, because he said, eating it as natural as possible is the best way. So she yeah. just went and just gave us the more natural form way of having the baobab. And we all hated it. And she's like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. What am I going to do? <laughs> she, 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 said, she started being very creative. She started adding hibiscus. She started adding tamarind. She started mixing it and making popsicles um, and hiding it in our cereals. And mix it in there. We don't know who is there. <laughs> you know, she just started putting it in all kinds of stuff. And then later on, she started uh, making um, uh, tiger nut milk. So we would drink that and mix it to our cereals. And uh, moringa, which we had actually. A lot of these actually ingredients that she used, except for the barbap tree because it's too big. Um, we had it at our house in our backyard. We had a tamarind tree. You know, we had a moringa tree. We had uh, orange, papaya, all those were actually added to the list. We also had um, uh, pomegranate tree and what else? Oh, my God, we had so many different trees at my house. So she would, like, use all those. The orange, she would mix it with the, with the provide extra vitamin C. You know, she would, she, would, she would add it to the popsicles and then she would also add it to the uh, drinks that she would make. So she just came up with all these different things. The moringa, she would make a stew with it. And uh, at times she will go and get the baobab leaves, which she will also cook and make some super delicious meals for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know it's a long <laughs> way for me to describe how I got it. It's this. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to be associated with not only the baobab, but also a lot of different African superfood. I call them my African superfood, you know, uh, uh, remedies and uh, and my dishes that I make right now on a weekly basis, I also call them my African superfood dishes because they they all have a, 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 a part of Africa and it's also a part of California all mixed together in, in, in them. They all 
Absolutely. I have a mix of all these different sort of foods that I grew up with. Yeah. That's cool. I think I think this is a really great time too for you to bring all these healing foods to people when they really need it, you know, emotionally and physically and so it's a really nice way for you to you know, educate them about this food that they don't know about, but it also has all these healing properties in it, which is really cool. Very uh, cool. Na- Nafi, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and talk about some of the flavors and specific products you have available for people. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. You sell these bars. I actually have one from you that um, I got at the Fancy Food Show and I saved it. And I was going to share it with Sarah, but I can't do that <laughs> we're far away <laughs> i know Sarah, i wish i could just hand it to you right now um Me too. what i love about your um your bars is i love the packaging so they come in these um you know brown craft package packages and the one that i have here has cocoa nibs cherries dates almonds cashews coconut oil, vanilla, salt, and, and I love these bars. So, um, you know, one of the things I love is that you don't put sugar in them. So that's really nice. But then they also have all these really wonderful, healthy superfoods in them. So um, I don't know what other flavors you have, because this is the one I have. What other flavors for your bars do you have? Yes, I have uh, a total of four flavors. Um, we have the, um, the one that has the goji berry. And, mm-hmm. date, and then we also have the sorghum. Uh, I grew up with sorghum a lot in Senegal as well as millet. And uh, um, the other one is uh, the pine mango. <laughs> the pine mango flavor as well. Pine mango flavor. <laughs> and we have, it looks like we have a, a, a Zoom bomb here with Zachary trying to, uh, <laughs> to join the conversation. This is well, this is what we were trying not to do last time. I know, <laughs> Nafi. Well, I get it. I um, a couple weeks ago, my daughter came down too while we were doing our call, and then the time before that, she didn't come down, but she colored herself green while she was upstairs. <laughs> Oh my god! I love so, that day. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Completely. <laughs> well, I'm gonna yeah. um, try this one because I don't think I've had this flavor. But one of the things I wanted yeah. you to talk about is that on the outside of your bars is where mm-hmm. the baobab powder is, right? Yes. 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 So, well, no. Um, I have the baobab already in the mix. Oh, it's the in the mix. So it's inside. Oh, okay. It's inside the mix. So. And then just so pe- so people, the f- I would like for people for the first thing to try and taste to be the baobab so they know mm-hmm. what it tastes like. Because when you have it mixed with the nuts and the dates, I mean, it doesn't get lost at all. But I just want it for the people like who have never had baobab before with the baobab powder that's dusted on the top so they see exactly what it tastes like on its own. 
Well, and that's what I remember from the fancy food show is that you let let Mm -hmm. me try just the powder on its own because, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, I've never had it. I've never heard of it. I didn't know. And I think it's really Mm -hmm. cool that you're educating people about it by having them try it. But if they aren't directly in front of you and they get your bars, they can know that it is what is on the outside. So to me, Mm -hmm. it's kind of um, it's a little bit sour, like. It reminds yes. me of mm-hmm. like vitamin C powder mm-hmm. uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just, that's how I would describe it to someone, but I, yeah. it's very good. And I love, I love that um, you, even with every bar, you're kind of educating people on what this is and what it tastes I, like. I do have a question about how you get the Bauba to the U S where do you get it? Yeah, I have, uh, I have, I have, just, I have three different ways that I'm getting it from um, here in the United States. I have a supplier in South Africa that I get it from because, like, one thing that I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about um, baobab is baobab. Uh, you can only harvest it uh, once a year, so in okay. the upper hemisphere, you can only have it. Um, from uh, November all the way to kind of April, like we just miss the cutoff and then and then and then it goes to the uh, lower end of the year and from down there all the way to the following uh, April and then you can you can get it from there um you can get it from South Africa this time the lower end of the year so upper end of the year is during our winter time and then lower end of the year is during our summer time here and so I have the South Africa so, 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 you know, because we live in the United States, we are so spoiled. We can get and have everything from anywhere, from all around the world, anytime. So, <laughs> so we can get it here, you know, twice, you know. So the South Africa, when it's available there, and then also in um, uh, in Senegal, in the upper hemisphere. So I get it from Senegal, as well as from another supplier here that's from Senegal, that's located in the New York area. In Senegal, I also get it directly from women that my mom grew up with that, um, uh, live around the region where it's very, very popular and very dominant in there. And so uh, we support a lot of the women because Baobab is community-owned. Like There's nobody who could tell you I own a Baobab tree. You know, even if it's in your house, in Sarah, in one of your house, you know, it doesn't really matter. People can still come and knock and say, can I get a couple uh, Baobab, you know, uh, pops and things like that. So it's everybody owns it. When it's harvest time, the whole community harvest it and then, um, you know, put it together and then sell it uh, to whomever is interested or they sell it to the community. And uh, that money is used to support the businesses or to support the, 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 the communities. And, 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 uh, and it's, it's pretty much really like, uh, I always say, it's this uh, co- community tree that supports, has been there. We didn't do any work for it, but it's kind of supporting the community to stay uh, happy and healthy by getting all the production. I mean, by selling all the products from it. That's cool. Yeah, that that is really cool. And so you kind of mentioned, um, because people that don't know what the tree is, but when when we met you, you have a pod to show people what Mm -hmm. the fruit is like. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually a pod and the seed is inside, right? Yeah, so it's a, it's like a coconut uh, uh, shape style uh, 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 fruit, 
and and the shell is as hard as coconut and you crack it open just like how you would do a coconut and once you open it inside you have these uh kind of like marshmallow look white um uh, uh pulps inside it and then they are all actually been trapped or i guess they are uh, uh, been held by these veins and those are the uh, insoluble fibers so baobab has a lot of fibers so it has soluble and insoluble fibers and what happens is like uh you you know you once you break it you take out the the, the fibers and then you pull pull those out of it and then you take the white part so that white part is what's edible um I remember growing up as a kid my grandmother would always say don't throw away the the the, the insoluble fibers we can use those to wash uh you know to wash yourself or to to um to make uh to make like nat uh fabric in a way and then also we could use that as well to um to make uh shoes she will use the strings and then make the 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 strings or the cushion for for the for the shoes so everything pretty much in the net and the tree itself is is pretty much used and that white part i always tell people is um it's kind of like a nerdy it, it it's like if you think about a, a almond or pear it's kind of like a cross it's creamy and it also it's kind of sour at the same time as well interesting yeah sweet That's sour nice. nerdy tangy and earthy that you should correct that <laughs> Yeah. Like this like the honey going on. I can't buy one of those at the grocery store right now, can I? <laughs> Cuz I kind of yeah, want one. Especially <laughs> with the sheltering in and then uh, uh distribution and transportation being all on hold, it's going to be really hard, but maybe after. I actually have couple and I have actually couple bags that are waiting in um in Senegal right now to be brought into the United States uh because I have a lot of people that always ask me and I have some that are displayed like Sarah said earlier they I display them so people see and know what it looks like. and uh, people always say can you sell me this oh my god this is so beautiful i've never seen this this is so amazing and then when i show them the one that's open they go oh my god this is even more amazing look at all these things in there yeah so but um yeah one thing to resume i'll try to see how i can get you guys <laughs> <laughs> i imagine that you have to do a lot of um educating for people to let them know what it is that you're making and why mm-hmm. is it challenging if you're not there in front of people directly or are people kind of figuring out or they know your product or well with the thanks of uh, the fancy food show baobab it's starting to be pretty much well known in the last 5 6 years a lot of people started talking about baobab and so it's uh, in the radar of the superfood of all the superfood so they're talking about it a little bit more and more and so um uh, the education in that side is kind of done a little bit but when I'm at farmers market people who don't know what fancy food show is or who are not in the food business yeah. then i have to do my part and i have to talk to them and educate them and tell them what baobab is i was when i first started the business about uh, almost six years ago officially six years ago <laughs> like we all do as entrepreneurs you start 10 years ago and you don't make it official until a couple of years later but um i was surprised and amazed how a lot of people in the bay area been to Africa or 
been in the Peace Corps and knew about African or Senegalese culture. I mean, they'll see the word Teranga, they'll come, the first thing they tell me, Nangadef. And I'm like, Nangadef means, how are you in Senegalese? And I'm like, um, yes, how do you know that? <laughs> and I'm like laughing, we laugh, and this conversation starts. So, I mean, like, just the name of the company is a really good uh, starter point for me to educate people or people to actually kind of know what I'm doing. So, yeah, it, it, it's been up and down challenges, but because Baobab is uh, 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 gaining a lot of uh, um, attention around the world, uh, and especially in the food business, um, it, it, it's being known a little bit more and more every year. I mean, every year I go to fancy food shows, it, it gains a little notch from what, where it was the year before. Or I see two, three more companies that are actually using Baobab in their products. When I looked at it five years ago, they weren't that many. But now it's more and more companies using it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Sarah, did you want to ask her about the fancy food show? Or, yeah, well, I was interested in knowing it. Sounds like you're a member of the Specialty Foods Association. Are you? Well, actually, not not a member, but I do it through uh, every year in the last, I think I've done it three or four times. I've been doing it with uh, La Cucina. I'm part of this very uh, oh. kitchen called La Cucina. Okay. So what La Cucina does, La Cucina helps women entrepreneurs and especially immigrants, women of color, to start their business. And so uh, we've been doing it through them every year since uh, I joined their program back in 2015. And uh, what they do, it's a way for us to test our product. It's a way for us to, um, to, to, to just see how people uh, get feedback from our packaging, get feedback from the the, the 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 actual product itself. So it's really, really a good way for, for a lot of the entrepreneurs that are in the program that do uh, packaged food to expose themselves in that kind of a, uh, environment. It's been really, really helpful for me, uh, not only being part of La Cucina, which is a super, super beautiful and, I mean, just amazing organization, um, uh, and then they support you in so many different ways to start your business from scratch, to start to help you with the recipe making, to connect you with marketing, connect you with design, connect you with vendors, and connect you with the fancy food show, you know, all these things. So That's since, cool. since I've yeah, yeah, since I've done it, it's been it's been very rewarding. Earlier I remember you were asking me a question about um has the fancy food show been good for you? It it yeah. get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, like that's how I that's how I got uh, Berkeley Bowl. Um, they 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 came to my booth before Canyon Market. There's a lot of local stores here in San Francisco that saw saw me in the incubator village, which is where we usually uh, are every single time we participate in the fancy food show. And yeah. uh, they come and they, 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 they look at our product, they tried it, and they say, well, uh, drop some sample off, or, well, we really like this. And so I did get a lot of accounts uh, through the Fancy Food Show uh, yeah. this way. Yeah, it, 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 yeah it's been good. I, I truly love the Fancy Food Show, definitely. Yeah. Good, 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 good show to attend. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how you make popsicles? That's kind of an outlier on the products you're making because they're not shelf-stable. They have to be in the freezer. And I'm guessing maybe they have the popsicle making equipment at La Cucina. I don't know. 
How do you make those? Yes. Yeah, we had the machine uh, for uh, for a couple of years, but we don't have it anymore. So that's why oh, I kind of no. stopped a little bit. I know, I know we, we don't have it anymore and it's such a bummer. But I am um, I'm doing the popsicles using my own creative method. <laughs> so during the summertime, just like my mom did. So, so during the summertime, I'll come up with different creative ways of doing it because it's all about getting a little bit more air into the uh, into the mix so it doesn't get too icy. So, you know, I found blenders, good blenders that I could blend. And then uh, the machine costs a lot of money and then there's not enough space in the kitchen as La Cucina is growing more and more and more business are coming in. And you cannot really bring machines like that that are, uh, you know, personally owned because storage space is difficult. And I don't know if you know what a popsicle machine looks like. You cannot keep dragging it in and out of a truck and back and forth. <laughs> it's super heavy. Too bad. Yeah. Very heavy. But yeah, it's a really nice, beautiful uh, machine that does really amazing things. I've, we've done a lot of um, a lot of a, a, a lot of different uh, R and Ds, trying to figure out different ways and different flavors. And uh, we sold a lot when we were doing it, but we are. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to see how I can resume and, and start doing it again because we are going to be. Uh, well, I am one of the seven businesses that were picked um, by La Cucina to move into their new municipal market, which is going to oh. be in the Tenderloin. It's at 101 Hyde, and so that we I have want to go there. seven. I, Oh yeah, you should. If, if you are in San Francisco next time, please definitely um, come visit us. It hasn't opened yet because things, everything, got um, you know slowed down with, with the sheltering in. No, no, no construction. Everything has been stopped. But last week, I think that's when everything started resuming. But it's in a, in old post office that uh, that would give uh, this post, old post office was given to the La Cucina, so they can. Uh, uh, create this thing. I always, uh, I'm, I'm always so excited and happy to talk about it because it's one of the first woman-led municipal market. There's nothing like this in the whole entire That's world. That's cool. And so, yeah, we'll be seven businesses there from all around the world. So you'll be able to eat food from all around the world. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to have the popsicle machine in that area of the city, which is not far from City Hall and uh, all the different parks and stuff like that. Popsicle will do really well in that area. So yeah, so you'll be, you'll be manufacturing there instead? So you're going to move yep. your kitchen? Yes, so we'll be uh, pretty much all... I mean, we will have access to the one on Folsom, but you don't want to be going back and forth. Might as well just do everything in one place. And that place would be only for all seven businesses instead of 50 businesses. Nice. <laughs> that makes a bit of difference. So, yeah, we'll, be, we'll have a luxury to have our own storage spaces. We'll have the luxury to have our, you know, more uh, kiosk. Everybody will have their own individual kiosk uh, and selling their product in there. And there's much more space uh, in, in, in that kitchen. So we'll be able to produce and uh, sell not only our our food, the, the prepared meals that I'm selling right now on a weekly basis, but we'll also yes. be able to sell the juices, manufacture the juices, energy bars, and anything else that I'm thinking about that maybe Sarah can help me. <laughs> do maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. if, you want so something, cool. if you want something spicy, talk to Sarah Marshall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know your, hus- your husband loves spicy stuff. I remember yeah. meeting him. Oh, yes. He keeps hot yeah. sauce in his glove box, Sarah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he, does. he does. 
<laughs> you know, I was I was driving to the kitchen the other day, yes, last week, and then I opened his glove box. I was looking for gloves so I can actually, you know, go go into La Cucina to open doors and stuff like that. And I saw your hat sauce oh, was in there. I was, <laughs> I was cracking up. He has the green one. I don't know what if they. Oh yeah, the green one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I said I, this guy just had some 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 meal somewhere. I'm sure that's why this 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 thing is still in his. <laughs> yeah, he, and, and, and you know what? You know what? it's so funny that you said that I should talk to Sarah about uh, hot food about about spices because I make this uh, Senegalese uh, hot sauce that I add to. The meal so people can actually um, <laughs> eat it if they want something spicy and it's a it's a base with kiwi i use kiwi oh, and, oh, then, wow. and then I, and then yeah and then i, I add like a little spicy stuff. <laughs> i should definitely send you guys i haven't packaged it yet it's still in like you know small containers that send it to people so yeah wow. kiwi that sounds really good <laughs> Kiwi is a tenderizer yeah. for me oh yeah 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 so that's cool <laughs> well, Nafi, we are out of time, um, but I just want to be able to. <laughs> I want to be able to send people to you. Can people order your bars on your website? Oh yeah, yeah. The website is a really good place for people to um, to order both juicy and um, energy bars, and they can also. Uh, go on Instagram and Facebook as well. Okay, great. So everyone should go order Nappy's products and try them out and you can um, learn new things about what she makes. And Nappy, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It was such a fun morning. It, uh, it yeah. breaks a little bit of the routine I've been doing every single day. <laughs> yeah, it was really that's fun. great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. thank you. Thank you very much. Marketed Choice is Oregon's largest independent family-owned grocery store with 10 stores in Oregon. It's all about choice. We focus on having a wide selection of the finest and freshest conventional, natural, organic, local, and health-conscious products. We have more than 1,300 teammates, including real, authentic chefs, bakers, butchers, cheesemongers, florists, and more. We all strive to create an authentic, relaxing, enjoyable shopping experience with our customers and truly care about the communities where our teammates and customers live and work. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, visit our website at www.marketofchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we buy local so you can too. We record Masonia Marshall live every Friday. You can tune in at startupradionetwork.com. You can listen to past episodes on iTunes and Stitchers. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest or submit a press release, you can do that at startupradionetwork.com. And we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 
10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.